Welcome back to the Grad Life podcast, everyone. Delighted today to have Josh Ash on the podcast. So Josh is a former account executive at LinkedIn and has recently joined uh, humans.io as an account executive uh, and a really exciting startup. So we're going to hear a bit about that. Um, so how are you doing today, Josh? Hey, Kate. Um, I'm all good. Thank you. In good form. Um, nothing yet. Yeah, nothing major to report, but I'm in good condition. Cheers. Yeah. Nice one. Nice one. You're, you're obviously up to your eyes, new role. So maybe unfair to be probing you too much on your, on your <laughs> company, um, but we'll dive into it anyway. Um, be great to start off by just talking about humans.io. Um, as I said, cool new startup have just raised um, a round of seed funding um, and you're joining at a really exciting time. So it'd be great if you could just give us a bit of an intro to the company um, and, and what you're doing there. Yeah, cool. Um, so humans is... Um... They are basically the, the best, um, for, especially for startups and, and like fast growing companies, the best software for people onboarding and people management. Um, so if you were to think in the long tail, at like Workday and Oracle and these, these like big old legacy solutions, they're horrible to use, they don't integrate properly with all the favorite tech that like everyone uses today, such as Slack or any kind of email or DocuSign, all this stuff. Um, and basically Humans is this beautiful, very intuitive, well-designed product that makes all your favorite tech talk together to save you loads of time and just just make the experience really stunning and, and nice. Um, so yeah, we're seeds, just raised a seeds round and we are seven people at the moment. Um, so yeah, that's where we are uh, as it is at the moment. Nice one. Big contrast coming from LinkedIn to a team of seven people. So a really interesting jump to be making. Um, before we kind of stem into that, you know, contrast, interested to know what your role is in, on the team. I suppose at that kind of size, I'm sure it's a quite a all hands on deck type situation. Um, but interested to know what your role is and obviously, you know, gearing towards raising another round of funding and obviously hitting key milestones. Um, what role are you playing in that? Yeah. Um, and I think like the, the nice thing is that a company that kind of size, you get to dip into everything, uh, which is definitely what I was looking to do. So in, in LinkedIn, like you are very, very specialized and you do one thing in like huge depth and huge, like very comprehensively, but obviously in a startup, um, like you're pulled in a million directions. So my role is new business. So uh, reaching out to clients that we think we can really help and then uh, showing them what we do, asking a load of questions about what it is they do at the moment within like, and people operations and the software and tech they use and then ideally listening asking some good questions and listening intently to like where the challenges are uh why we think potentially there there is like a reason for us to, to help them um and then really for me to position like what we do as humans to them um and like ideally close close them as, as new business so um that's like my, my primary role and then around that probably like general growth stuff uh we're hiring as well so um, trying to interview commercial people to, to join us um, and then like trying to build out processes as well so how it is we go to market who we go after what our narrative is um, there's a million things I've forgotten out that list but that's the, <laughs> the general <laughs> gist of it that's good that's good that's cool so you know interested to know what your thought process was um, in terms of deciding to join a startup so obviously coming from big tech what was kind of important to you in going into this job and and why did you make that jump yeah. Um, so I suppose like I, I've always had an itch for like little baby teams and like fast growing tech that is just, uh, I think, like new and, and makes an impact on people's day to day. Like that's the, the ideal thing is to be in a team of big ambition and, and like work on a product that is exciting to you. And that team is also exciting and going to challenge me. So before I joined LinkedIn, that was always someone I had an itch for. Um, I think 
coming out of uni like i i knew this was like things i wanted but i knew i needed to learn uh can i curse on here am i allowed to I'm yeah. maybe I, won't. <laughs> um, uh, I was about to say a naughty word but um i need to learn tons basically so i thought um well to be honest like the, the LinkedIn thing came around and like I knew from speaking to people in there and like how big that company was and how, how fast it's growing and, and how like incredible all of the people in there are and their experience that I would learn a ton um and so the thought process is always like go into LinkedIn try and do really well figure out what what uh, a tech company does like what the different functions are how they go to market how they talk to clients how they look after clients and then ideally at some point when I feel comfortable or when I just feel right about it then go to a small company um and this like really I was interviewing around after being in two and a half years and um I'd actually signed a contract somewhere else and then this kind of came out of nowhere um to join like um yeah tiny team with like, huge ambitions and the co-founder I'm is an incredible salesperson as well as like very very intelligent um it taught me into it so <laughs> that was how that came up <laughs> that's actually was going to be my next question how did you come across this job um did they reach out to you or like you said you were looking um for things where would you even go in terms of looking for a job and how did this one come about yeah um so to, to be honest like, I, I get pretty nerdy about tech and the, like the environment we were in anyway um being in sales which is which is what I do like it's your job really to have like really good commercial acumen and understand like what is coming up like what's new what's exciting not only to help your job but also give you more credibility and like, understand that whole environment better so like I'd be pretty keen a bit of a keynote about looking looking around anyway and then um I suppose like I um I came across uh, like Beacon was the other place I looked at. They are like essentially a company made of like, Uber and, and Google uh, and Amazon executives who are tackling uh, freight forwarding and shipping. And mm. I was randomly connected to a uh, head of people in there and got and, like asked for an intro into that recruiting system. Um, but like, I don't have a good answer to like where I look. It's everywhere. It's like um, across people I really trust. It's across people who I know are in that environment. And then um humans actually came around i know one of the venture capital guys who invested in in humans um and like i would just be in his network and one of the key like attributes of a good investor is to like obviously advise on strategic stuff but also then to help on like um client introductions and also help build out a team and so um he got on to me about uh if i was looking to to apply or whatever and that's how it came around okay cool and so to go back a little bit, you said, you know, you'd been at LinkedIn two and a half years and you were kind of looking uh, for something else. How did you, you know, what made you make that decision that you were ready to jump? Um, how did you know that it was time to, to do something fresh? Yeah, um, good question. And I don't think like there's a formula for this. I think like it comes down to like, if you are stimulated, I was restless because of a few reasons, like I'd been in LinkedIn for a little while. Um, I'm like pretty like, curious by nature. And so um, I think at this age where I have zero liabilities and like no one to look after and no one to be responsible for, like it's a good time to to do silly things. Uh, and that was definitely like my risk appetite at the moment is, is definitely high. And so that was one thing. And then I suppose, yeah, just LinkedIn's a big, big company now. And um, although there's huge benefits from working in a big, big company and there's process and there is like organized stuff and they're like you're on rails to do your job there isn't the maybe the like green fields you could have um to like create a new process or to like invent a new way to go to market or to talk to clients or whatever that you would get in a little company so there are a few reasons um like that really um but i suppose just 
the the other thing I'd say is that sometimes it makes sense to stay at a company for a long time. Like I, the role I'd done before was like kind of a pre-sales role, it's called sales development, and it's very hard to move from that role into the account executive role that I'm doing now, which is like in in sales. If you're going to be an individual contributor, the one you want to do. And so it made sense to stay until I was in that role at least, and I had the skill set and the time and like the understanding of how that works before looking. So um, there's kind of two two factors there, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So if we kind of jump back again, and am I right in thinking you went from uni into the grad program in LinkedIn? Um, yeah, exactly. Cool. So could you chat to us about that for anyone listening who's thinking that that's something they'd be interested in? Um, you know, what made you decide to go into LinkedIn in the first place? What was this sort of experience in the grad program? Yeah, so I like to be honest with you, um, and like a bit of advice I'd give is like first figure out exactly what the grad scheme does and if it's something you want to do. I think I was at the beginning, um, I when I started talking to LinkedIn about the grad scheme, like it was just branded this thing called the business leadership program. Um, and it did lead into a sales track, but I didn't really know what sales was. I didn't really know what that meant. I didn't even know how uh, like how that, that program would end up. But I was just in awe of like, firstly, the brand, which is probably like a bit naive, to be honest. And then secondly, the people I met, like the people I met were also really, really smart. They wanted to develop you and, and help you learn. So that's what attracted me. Um, but in terms of like how that process looks, is that your question? Yeah, yeah. Um. So really, uh, like recruiters, either you apply or a recruiter gets onto you. They have like a, an outbound team for like talent um, from campuses as well. And the same as like PwC and all those big companies would do it, like fairs and so on. Um, they had an invitational event, which was like, learn about the, the scheme, what it does, what it entails. And then um, after that, if you were keen, you applied. Um, and that process really was um, like, first your screen on your CV and your cover letter and all that that boring shit and then after you go into a like a phone interview with uh, the recruiter they ask you like basic qualification questions so uh, have you got any experience in this field uh, why linkedin why uh, like why that why that function so why sales um why anything really and then after that um they start to test you a bit more on like the, the skills you'll need for that that role so the core competency so the second round um was like a role play so as if i was linkedin uh, speaking to a client how i'd interact what i would ask them uh, how will I like what's my on on phone voice like if you want to say um, <laughs> and then after that round they they fly you into Dublin um, and you have like an intensive day where you you kind of you meet the whole team you do um, scenarios in like a group um, so I think our session was there was 20 people there on a day um, and weirdly it's not like I've done assessment centers for Accenture as well and in Accenture there's like very formulaic uh, like case studies you do um, there's someone in the room watching you with a timer and like various um, uh, like bits of information data around you whereas in LinkedIn they just observed you more there was like one group uh, assessment and after that they just kind of watched you how you interacted <laughs> uh, how you carried yourself uh, all these things so um, for that role I think it's a lot more on like your attitude and your uh, your soft skills more than like real hard skills that they think they can bake into after so that's what the process looked like okay cool and in terms you say there you know what they can bake into you after interested to yeah. know how much training and development there was once you get in the door um and what that looks like yeah so the grad scheme itself is is i think absolutely ideal um it's six months so it's not too long and it's like a few rotations and they've definitely changed it now to I think like a way better program. But when I did it, it was um, the first round was operations, uh, which ultimately actually was just uh, like 
when clients had stuff go wrong, you would fix those for clients. So I don't know how much you know about LinkedIn, but um, they have four lines of business. And so you would answer uh, queries or challenges that customers have across all those four lines of business. Um, the second bit was talent acquisition. So uh, essentially like headhunting for LinkedIn. So when a role comes up on LinkedIn, be it like a, a salesperson or a product person or a, um, a manager, you would help like the, the talent acquisition, the hiring team to like identify the right people based on things that LinkedIn hire for and then like reach out to them and kind of qualify them and then um, develop them on the process if they were keen and, and we were keen. Um, and then within that, there was uh, like a business boot camp where you get trained on um, like what sales is, how to approach people, what like commercial acumen you, meet, you need, uh, stuff like sales methodologies. So um, how you like organize a call, what you want to get from a client uh, in that like qualification discovery process. And then um, after that, they, they spit you out, they make you do a few like tests and qualifications and they spit you out into the sales org, which is um, where you, yeah, where you start within LinkedIn after that. Okay, sweet, sweet. And then, so by the time you were you were leaving, you were an account exec. What does that role look like? Yeah, so so I didn't explain that well. So the role after the grad scheme is a, a sales development role, and this is where like probably the hardest role within sales. You have to go and break into companies and build relationships with them. So okay. um, for me, I was in the enterprise team. So uh, in the UK uh, and Ireland, and, and a bit of MENA as well. Um, so Middle East and. Mm-hmm. Um, my account executive, so an SD, a sales development rep, supports an account executive, and I would be responsible for um, like planning with that account executive which accounts they wanted to sell to, who they wanted to to do business with, and then figure out a way to talk to the right people. So um, for me, that was like C-suite, uh, heads of sales, um, and like sometimes individual contributors. So like um, people who are not don't manage anyone; they they are operational to figure out like how they're struggling at the moment within their business in certain certain areas like what it is they need um how they're like are they down on their revenue targets for example are they struggling to sell themselves um and then ideally we like qualify them do they have money have i got the right person i'm talking to um is this the right time for them all these basic things and then we value map that to to linkedin so what we can help them with um and again like linkedin has a load of products that we do that for so at that point, then you hand it off to the account executive and they do the like a deeper level of discovery. Um, so understanding the client's issues and problems and like what we can help them with and then show them what LinkedIn can do. So do a demo of uh, like the products we have, how they could use it, do like a live um, kind of almost case study, I suppose. And then the rest of that is negotiating price, the commercial side, um, figuring out how the implementation would work. Like some of these big, big companies like uh, big banks and, and so on, mm. how they're going to make all their people use it. So um, I think that's the more interesting side for sure. Okay, really interesting. Uh, why, how would you describe the culture at LinkedIn and what's, you know, what's important to you in terms of assessing the culture of a company, you know, having gone from LinkedIn to then on your, your kind of job hunt and figuring out what company was right for you. Um, what were you looking for in terms of culture? Yeah, um, I suppose, like, to be honest, I only know this really after being on LinkedIn for a while, but I, I suppose that one, the other good thing about the grad scheme is that they they hire very internationally. So in, in Dublin, where all the big tech companies house themselves, there is the hub for all of their like UK and Irish teams or markets, but also the continental European uh, teams. So everyone, doesn't matter if you work in Spain or Germany, you, you live and work out of Dublin, which may change now given all this, but at the moment that's mm-hmm. how it works. Um, and so like the cultural awareness and like education you get from working with people from um, like the Benelux region or from uh, one of my best mates is from Austria or mm. uh, like Italy is just insane. Like I think 
people at a young age unless you've traveled really well underestimate the value of that and how like subtle things are so different between one culture to another like even between the uk and ireland there's there's like key cultural differences that you wouldn't be aware of and so working in international teams is definitely something that's really exciting and then i suppose after that like you ultimately want to be challenged all the time every day by the people you work with to think about what you're doing like the, the thing about LinkedIn is, again, I think because people move from other countries to Ireland, it's your social circle as well. And so your like professional and personal relationships and life get tangled together, which is um, which is lovely. Um, but like, you want to be challenged on like both like a professional and, and personal aspects, I think. Um, and like, I think generally the work at the moment in the world we live in, like that's that's really common. Um, I suppose like the things I really look for within a uh, culture or like within a business is I suppose three buckets. And I also like ask or answer interview questions with this as well. Like when someone says why LinkedIn or why humans, mm. there's three things for me that are like very, very important. So the first is a product. Like you have to be really interested in what you're selling, what you're working on, what you're doing. Uh, is it like big impact? Is it fundamental to like someone's work, their day, whatever? Um, second is the people. So Am I going to be challenged to do like the best work I've ever done? Will it be um, like, will I learn from all these people around me? Uh, how smart are the operators I'm going to be like sitting next to every day? And then thirdly is the environment. Like, is that a happy environment? Is that an environment where I feel there's no politics and there's no like um, barriers to me doing good work? So I think that's the, the last thing. Nice. Nice. That's a, that's a good combination. And obviously, um, obviously humans have ticked those boxes for you given that you're there so a good measure of the company I'm sure they'll be happy to hear that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if we kind of go and compare LinkedIn and humans and maybe unfair because you're only in the door but you know in that startup environment generally like how would how would you compare you know working for big tech and smaller company maybe in terms of you know what's challenging about both of them yeah, so I, I don't think really that like it's fair to to measure them against each other. So so big tech, I think for like the way I've done it, I think is for me what's made most comfortable. Like I think it's really good. I w- I wouldn't have a clue if I'd gone straight into humans as to what to do. Like the reason I have an idea is like what good looks like and what bad looks like is because I was in a big tech company with mm. big teams and other people to learn from and like a, a process or a structure already. And so like now in humans, like I know um the best bits like the best 20 30 percent of linkedin and what they did i want to take and then put my own twist on it for for humans like how we mm. how we do everything like what sales conversations we have how we talk to clients how we look after them how we like plan going to market all that good stuff so i think like the idea of going to big whatever if it's consulting uh venture capital company um uh, tech is is for me like the right thing to do um and then now with like that understanding of how big businesses work and how like successful businesses look like i can then try and take that and go somewhere else and i think the exposure i've got to huge clients um to like the brand on your cv of linkedin has helped me massively get this role i think i probably wouldn't have got this role unless i had uh, worked in big tech before so um that's how i look at it. i say the, the things that are scary going to a small company is that like there's less people to feel comfortable around like slack is pretty yeah. quiet people are all working very very hard there's no, <laughs> yeah. one to, there's no one to um to kind of like if someone's going really wrong just have a moan and, and bitch about with so i'd say like be prepared to be a bit lonely if you go somewhere very small um yeah. and i think that's the best thing about linkedin is the volume of like amazing amazing people you get to chill with and, and like learn from and, and be educated by so um i'd say yeah without a doubt people with linkedin are, are fantastic mm. I'm sure you'd be missing, obviously not now because you're not in the office, but I'm sure you'll be missing all of those nice perks like the food, et cetera. Surely that's a nice uh, perk that you'll be having now. <laughs> insane. Insane. Yeah. So good. Big so time. good. 
Um, okay, so if we jump back a bit and talk then about your college experience, you know, what did you study and ultimately to kind of understand how you made the link from what you studied into the jobs that you've taken. Um, but kind of to go back to basics, um, what did you do in uni? Yeah, um, I kind of had two uni experiences. So I was in Sydney Uni um, for a while and um, I, yeah, I played rugby. So that I went out there to play rugby um, and kind of I broke my body while I was out there and then kind of came home, had a second year out, if you if that makes sense. So mm, I forgot you went to Sydney Uni because I, I remember we talked about that before because I went and then and you were there as well at different times though. Yeah. But a great yeah. place, a great place in yeah incredible place like the serious lives i have in 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 these in sydney yeah. or anywhere anywhere that's like below the equator i think is not so um <laughs> yeah um and then yeah i had had like a year out after that as well um pulled pints and just generally thought about what i wanted to do traveled a bit and then went to exeter down in the southwest uk um i did a course that i was vaguely interested in uh business management um pretty classic like commerce course and then i suppose one is within like the very early first semester I realized it wasn't going to teach me that much um and so I yeah again like started being pretty proactive around like other things I want to learn and, and like I'd begun to have like an interest in like commercial world and like entrepreneurship and stuff when I was injured uh, and so like went pretty heavy into that um at that point yeah what um kind of things were you involved in then in college um as you say like you kind of got involved in things beyond the curriculum interesting because I always feel like those kind of things actually often teach you more than you might learn from from a degree um so what were those things that you got involved in yeah um so I suppose like again was was mega nerd and like loved just diving into a load of things um I did uh got heavily involved with like a business society and like at the time really it was um like a pretty social crowd and did like a load of business events and had like sponsors and stuff that would come and try and recruit you uh or like recruit students from from uni um but went heavily into that I ended up leading that in the, my second year um and then I suppose like um I think the best thing about being a student is that it's disarming so if you say to someone who is in a position you like you'd like to be in that hey I'm a student mega interested about mm. what you're doing immediately they're disarmed by that and I definitely exploited that like um reality so did weird shit like go on Twitter and started tweeting CEOs of of um <laughs> like certain advertising agencies at the time I did like freelance social media stuff um and like got an internship through that in, in the city in London um and then worked in like a, a brand I really admired at the time called Finnis there um and then like that kind of lined me up to doing like a, a like a big company internship my second year with Accenture so I suppose like I just went ham on the like the commercial learning in internships and jobs because I knew I would probably wouldn't get that from my course <laughs> so yeah, yeah, um yeah. That's that's yeah what I, what I did really. Okay, cool. Do you think you knew at that stage when you were in college? Did you know what you wanted to do? Did you have any idea, or were you kind of just playing it by ear and you know throwing your hat at a few different things, and then ultimately you know figuring out that LinkedIn was the, the place to go? Yeah, I think I had no idea. To be honest, uh, like I just I definitely <laughs> just went harder harder like a, a load of different things I could try and taste and, and test out, which I think is in hindsight that really really helped me. Mm-hmm. Um. I think I was set on going into consulting at Accenture um, until like after that internship finished in my second year. And like my personality is pretty informal and like pretty, uh, like I like relationships, I like building like those with people. And I just, there was a few things that happened at that internship with Accenture that I like 
didn't think that I could fully be myself in. Um, yeah. Like, shit example, but I made, I didn't know who the, the bloke was opposite desk of me, but I made good good mates with him. He was on the client side um, and I was obviously an Accenture side and uh, talking about football, like Brighton have Albion, diehard Brighton have Albion fan and <laughs> this, this lad, I forget who now, but anyway, my manager gave me grief for, for kind of being informal when what I thought I was doing was not professional, but just like building relationships and mm. there was stuff like that that didn't like kind of made me think like maybe I should go to a different environment and then um, really like I, the, the LinkedIn thing came out through a recruiter and like through that interview process um, that my biggest piece of advice for people looking at roles is like, before you're interviewing and while you're interviewing and even after you've got an offer, just talk to so many people in that company and figure out, like get get the energy from them. Like, what are they like? What do their day-to-day look like? How do they like carry themselves? Do they look like they're falling asleep and, and like dead from being overworked? Or do they, they look like they're generally like getting on by out what they're doing and, and want to help you? So that's what I got from LinkedIn was just an incredible um, like, hunger from people to want to help and like to, to help educate you and I think as a graduate you just want to be taught and nurtured as much as you can yeah yeah I think that's great advice um you mentioned before that you took a year out I think that's really interesting I think when I was in Australia I realized as well that most people took a year out before going to uni uh and I thought about that a lot because I feel there's so much more emphasis on actually figuring out what you want to do as opposed to just jumping straight into mm. something um, interested to know do you, whether you think that taking that year out kind of gave you that perspective that made you go ham at the, the different things during college um, or, you know, what you might have gained from that um, versus just going straight in on something. Yeah, I've noticed it's about Ireland it's, because in Ireland, it's pretty common to go straight from Oh, it's like regimented. College. You're like, it's like tick the box each, each yeah. stage. <laughs> um and yeah, I, I don't know like I I love learning stuff but I'm shit in a classroom and so that was really like I was like right I I just need to have a break from sitting still in the classroom all day every day so mm. but yeah sorry um to not go on a tangent I 100% think taking at least a year before you go into uni is a really really smart like thing to do for like, yeah. a few reasons I suppose like firstly you just get to be an idiot and be young and go out and do stupid stuff and go to different countries and earn a bit of money and then secondly like I I think the maturity when I went to uni in Exeter like I could spot the kids who had had a year out and who hadn't yeah. based on like how do they get nailed at Freshers first night and are, like sick yeah who's doing the stupid so, shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> um and like I, I think stuff like that and like just the the perspective you have is like and I don't mean to be that guy who's like yeah I had a gap here but I, I do think it does help you just like settle yourself a bit and like if someone finishes your broccoli, you don't kick off. Um, little things like this, like you, you just have a bit more like time to be comfortable in your own skin and and like get more no's and get more yeses and like regardless mm. if that's anything. So I think it's uh, absolute no brainer to do it a year out. Yeah, do you think the same applies to taking a year out after university, or is that different? I mean, like you know, everyone's trying to catch the boat um, at the end of university and get the job that they want. Do you think that? kind of those things that you've mentioned transfer across yeah like I I like I know a few people I'm very close to who have taken like two years out after uni before starting jobs and I think from their side they felt very anxious about being late like all their mates from the city earning money and they've got nice jobs mm-hmm. and like living at home and all that stuff and like that social comparison I think is really difficult to do but especially if you haven't taken that year out before uni or you haven't traveled in uni, like you, you probably won't get opportunity again because you're going to start working and then you're going to have like, fuck, I don't know, a mortgage or maybe you have, oh my God. Have a, 
a kid or Grim. all these things happen to you and you can't control them so while you have the opportunity to do things I, th I think it's like uh, you have to do them so I, I think if you have the confidence to go and like do your own thing and be able to not socially compare yourself to other people who have like a wage and a salary and can afford to like go out and not drink like dicey's pints all night then definitely definitely <laughs> do it because it's gonna it's gonna help yeah so a couple broad questions um first one being you know obviously you've just made your move to humans but do you have something in your head as a an ultimate goal of what you would like to you know boxes that you'd like to tick um in terms of your career yeah um so the first one kind of related to that last bit is I would like to live in somewhere in APAC. So probably not Australia again, mm -hmm. but I'd like to work and live in Singapore, Hong Kong, or one of these crazy, big, vibrant, amazing cities um, in Asia. Um, aside from that, really like, to be honest, if the team and what we're doing is exciting and interesting, like I'm, I don't mind really what it is within tech. Like I, I like tech and the, the pace of it and just how that environment works. Um, I think you get relative to how many hours you have to work, you, you get a good work-life balance that the pay I think compared to banking is is like the hours you work versus you don't are yeah. incredible um, and I suppose like other than that I'd, I'd like to lead like a commercial function within a business or be some kind of leader within a business um, I think I want to be an operator and get really 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 good at it mm -hmm. for the next few years and then when I've got really really good at it I'd like to help other people get really really good at it um, potentially do something on my own I don't know what that is at the moment like I've done bits on my own in the past but I'm I'd say just yeah, follow the most interesting thing for the for the time being, and then get really good at it. <laughs> Broadly, <laughs> sweet. Um, okay, second broad question being, um, any books slash podcasts which you think yeah everyone needs to listen to this or read this? Yeah, I think the first one that helped me a lot and is very like topical for this is it's called "Be So Good They Can't Ignore You." Um, shit title that I'm sure will turn people off but essentially what this book does is is try to debunk this like find your passion go after your passion bullshit because mm. you probably have loads of things you really like and the, the like lack of finding that very early in your career is probably going to be very small something that like you adore every single second of the day that pays you really well and you have good like worth balance of probably doesn't exist so it basically <laughs> goes through in your life you probably want one of one of a few things like you want um more time more money promotions within a commercial like or work context and this book tries to paint the idea that if you get really really good at something you can trade that skill and that competency for other things be that a promotion be that working four days out of five be that more money and then also once you get so good at it you can then transfer that into other things so let's say i got insanely good at sales and i smashed all my numbers and whatever and i wanted to go into product side of the business because i've built that career capital they call it like this career capital and career ability mm -hmm. within that it gives me permission possibly if i do the right things and if i don't upset people and i approach the right way to say hey i've done this really well can i come into to this that could be like an industry switch maybe it's tech to retail or retail to uh, i don't know something um eco science who knows what it is but like mm -hmm. this idea of developing skills and developing career capital um, not only helps you trade that for more things like freedom or money but also like um for um i don't know how to say it um yeah like for for happiness as well i think you, you enjoy yeah. things you get really good at like you once you become good at things and get like positive feedback you, you enjoy it yeah like so, fulfillment yeah yeah sweet and a podcast do you have one are you a podcast listener 
Yeah, um, I would like uh, the Diver CEO by Stephen. I think he's really cool. Okay, um, cool. He's, I think he's 28, this dude, uh, built like a, a big, big public um, market agency and he interviews people about everything. Uh, he recently had someone, the world's biggest investor in psychedelics, um, someone who talked about mm-hmm. sex therapy, um, like young entrepreneurs, and they kind of dissect like what CEOs probably shouldn't say, uh, like his insecurities, he talks about them. It's, it's really interesting. Class. I'm definitely going to check that out and the book as well. Um, two stellar recommendations. Thank you very much. Josh, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Um, you've been a brilliant guest. Thank you so much. No dramas. Thank you so much.